Dear Diary, today I interviewed Zach. He's been a mascot for six years and has been nine characters, including Scrappy of the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. He has some great stories. Take a listen. Alrighty, so how long have you been a mascot? I started uh, my senior year in high school back in 2012, so almost six years now. And what has that led to? So... (laughs) Well, first it started out to me uh, starting in a part-time job at a tourist attraction here in a, on the mountain here in the town. I started out just doing a character there, and then I realized I wanted to do it. And Once I started college, I realized, well, I should try for it there. So I got into doing that, and from there it opened up the possibility of me doing it part-time with a professional team as well. That's awesome. And then, so what was it about mascotting or... Well, I'd always watched mascots and thought, well, that looks kind of fun, but I never really thought, well, I want to do it. I mean, I thought it'd be cool to try it, but never really jumped on it. It wasn't until I got my first part-time job that I got put into a suit, and I was, hey, this is a whole lot of fun. And that's when I really got hooked and decided, well, now I'm in college. I should try out for it while I'm here, and I managed to get it. That's awesome. So can you say how many characters you've been? You don't have to say which characters, but... There's been many. <laughs> a total of nine. Oh, wow. Yes. It was four with my first part-time job. There was an, a kind of gnome elf creature called Rocky, which was the the main mascot of this place I worked. And I can probably mention it. It was uh, Rock City, which is famous down here in the southeast. You'll see billboards and barns painted all over the place that say, come see Rock City. And it's a nature tour through a rock rocky area on the mountain. So And their thing was they would put gnomes all over the place. So the mascot was a gnome whose name was Rocky. Then they also had some uh, secondary characters. They had the Easter Bunny, which I uh, helped them do during um, Easter. They had the princess and the frog. So I was the frog sometimes because they had, they're all about fairy tales up there too. And they also had a big snowman for uh, the wintertime. And then for the other five, the next one was Scrappy at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. I've also done, there's three characters I've done with the minor league baseball team I'm working with. And then I've also done as volunteer work with the uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee, an inflatable character, a bear named, uh, uh, what was BC Bear, I believe. Wow, that's, uh, that's a lot. And uh, man, explain, can you go over or can you explain your experience as the inflatables because I always find those interesting and not a lot of people have have worked with those suits so I think it's like cool when people get to talk about that experience. Sure it was just a uh, one-time thing that I volunteered for that they were just looking for a performer for. It was at a music festival we host downtown here at our uh, called Riverbend Music Festival here. We had a marathon in the morning that they sponsored so they wanted me to get in suit. I did it and I'd never used them before so first thing they did was they put this big uh, belt on me with a fan on it, with an air pump fan kind of thing. They hooked it up to the inside of the suit. I got in and zipped it up, and the whole thing inflated. And this belt weighed a ton. It was super heavy. Oh, wow. But I was surprised at the inside of this suit. It, at first, I thought, oh, it's there's going to be air flowing. It's inflatable. It's not thick fur foam. I'm not going to be as hot. I was wrong. It's actually the hottest suit I've ever been in, wow. for an early, especially early in the morning. But it was really cool. Inside the face, which is way above my head, my head was about chest level with this big screen running down vertically through the chest that I would look through. But through the uh, up to, going up to the facial features, there were strings coming down, and you could pull on a different string to make a facial feature move, like move the mouth, make the nose wiggle, make the ears wiggle, things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's what someone was telling me. <laughs> very awkward to walk in, too. They're oh. very much heavier than any traditional suit. And I was as I was walking, you could hear the flopping of the huge shoes the suit would inflate and deflate just a tiny little bit and you could hear the air rushing in and out of that thing as i was walking you could not hear anything around you walking in this thing i didn't that's something that i didn't take into consideration that the fan is so loud that you wouldn't be able to hear anything because and i hear people talk about that all the time where they they take out the the fan in their helmet or something because it's too noisy but i didn't think like that yeah like you wouldn't be able to hear anything in in the inflatable suit (laughs) I didn't expect that either. It was as nuts. The fans noisy and then the steps being so loud, the flopping of that, along with the air rushing in and out of the suit with every step. It was almost, I would uh, probably uh, compare it to the sound of a jackhammer almost. Oh my gosh. That loud where I could not hear a thing outside of the suit. 
I don't know if it was just a bad fan, if this is just an outlier, if it's not normal. I can't say, though. It's the only inflatable suit I've ever used. Yeah. Oh, man. I definitely wear earplugs, probably. (laughs) (laughs) If I ever do it again, that's definitely going to be something I do. Yeah. It's like, oh, I need some earplugs, please. I won't be able to hear anything anyway, so (laughs) it doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh, If I had known that then, I would have definitely used earplugs. Yeah. And so can you describe your auditions or if you had any for any of, of your jobs? Absolutely. The uh, first audition I had, well, it wasn't really an audition for the part-time job I had. They, it was actually a position they called First Impressions, which uh, included the characters. We sold tickets in the ticket booth, took tickets at the gate, and ran one of the gift shops that was outside of the park itself. It was just part of the group. So they weren't looking for any talented performers for this. It was just a, hey, we're going to put you in this suit and let you have some money for it. But that's what got me into this. So I decided to, uh, I had a friend at UTC who was the mascot at the time. And I talked to him about it and said, yeah, go for it. So I auditioned. The audition process was not a traditional audition. They actually just put me in the suit and put me out during a basketball game and just would see how I did. So I just did what I, what came naturally at a basketball game. After the game was over, the cheer coach said, come to my office. I thought I was in trouble. I thought I did something <laughs> wrong. So we went up to her office. This was about, uh, this was actually January 1st of 2014, I believe, on New Year's Day. We went up to her office and we sat down and she said, uh, so you want to keep doing this? I said, absolutely. And she said, well, you got the job. And it just, it's been going from there. And then for the minor league team I'm with, it was uh, an odd situation. They were really looking for performers. They were uh, short staffed. They only had one guy doing it at the time. So they, uh, I went and emailed the boss there that does that, my, my boss, and he said, well, consider, basically said, well, considering you're, you have experience at this point and we really need performers, we're just going to let you have it anyway. So there was no audition involved with that at all other than trying on the suit to make sure it fit. And from yeah. there, that season, we managed to have the guy that had been doing it plus me and one other guy that was doing it at the time. And now it's just me and the guy that started the same time I did. So I always feel like baseball has the most games. Like I've never done any research, but to me, like minor league and and professional baseball, like the the major leagues, like they just have a ton of games. So I mean, you're also oh, going absolutely. to school. I mean, well, you said you have a backup as well, but I mean, how do you you juggle all of that? You're the university mascot and a baseball mascot. That's like mind blowing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I get pretty lucky with most of the university appearances happening during the school year. And with baseball being during the summer, it very rarely happens where I'll have an event with for both happening at the same time. If that does happen, since with UTC, I am the only performer there and have been for the last two, two and a half years now. But with uh, the minor league team, it started out with three of us. After that, after two years, though, it went down to just two of us, and it's still just the two of us that does it. So if I have a scrappy event for the minor league team for that character, the uh, the other guy, the other gentleman will do it. And if he's not available, my boss will just do it. <laughs> That's pretty cool that your boss does it. <laughs> he does it on occasion. He's not. He's really not bad at it either. I'm impressed with him. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, so, I mean, what are your favorite skits to do, like for either your minor league baseball team or um, or for Scrappy or any like anything that you've ever done? I guess. Oh well. Um, I'm on a really tight leash with both teams with the with the uh the higher ups being really controlling what I can and can't do. So there's not been many skits I've been able to do. Um there there's been a few favorites I've done, very small things, not where I've gone out in the court and done this whole big performance kind of thing, just things I do up in the crowd. So for a baseball game this season we had a promotion called Christmas in July. So I thought I would take a gift box, I cut a hole in the bottom of it and stuck my hand up in there with a can of silly string and I would try to give it to a, a fan and when they would open it they would get sprayed with silly string and they just ate this thing up. I would find somebody who hadn't seen it yet and do it again and the crowd was just watching me the whole time. They had the video cameras on me at one point. It was it was a blast. Everybody loved that one. That's and one of the skits <laughs> I've done for UTC with basketball was we had uh, planted a professional dancer as a security guard and uh, I'd been bugging him the whole game just messing with him getting him irritated and then i went out on court during a timeout 
and they acted like I wasn't supposed to. I was going to go shoot a basket, and they they came out and told me no. And then I challenged him to a dance off, and we danced together to um, I forget the name of the song. I think it was a Apache. Oh, uh, is that a song? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, we danced together to that and did a little back and forth, and the crowd cheered. And by that point, I think most people realized it was staged, but it was still a blast. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that sounds like fun. <laughs> and oh yeah, it definitely was. And so I know the higher ups are you said are are controlling, but what would you say is the most daring thing that you've done in the suit or dangerous thing? Well, the being being the tight leash has not been too many daring things that I've been allowed to do. For the longest time, I've wanted to do a thing where I re- repel from these uh, rafters up in our arena down onto the floor, but that that's never happened. They won't let me do it. Aww. Of course, with the baseball games, uh, for for the entrance, we ride around in a car uh, at the beginning of the game. Right yeah. after the first three outs, we'll go out on, on the warning track and ride around the field in a car. And a lot of the times, uh, I'll either hang out the window or stand on the roof of it while it's moving. And going around corners, that makes it difficult. Um, at our football stadium, I've jumped off the wall before, which I did, didn't seem dangerous at the time. But in that in Scrappy's head, there's really a lack of depth reception. So I didn't realize at the time how high that wall was. I thought it was maybe five, six foot, and I could just hit the ground and roll. It was about a 10 to 15 foot drop that I jumped off of just right down on the field and managed to sprain my ankle when I hit the ground. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, it was pretty bad, but I just kept going. Didn't didn't worry about it. Did anyone? Just about this uh <laughs> What's that? Does anyone say anything afterwards? Like, oh, like, no, we're jumping. Oh, yeah. the uh, uh, One of the team's trainers came up to me and she said, don't you get on that wall again. I can't have you getting injured. <laughs> she she keeps an eye on me. She doesn't want me doing anything that's going to get myself injured. Yeah. No, I mean, and I, actually, it's understandable. Hmm? But <laughs> A few weeks ago, I think it was about two weeks ago, I did... Most people wouldn't consider it too daring, but to me it was daring because I have a fear of this. We did a video shoot here on the Tennessee River with our crew team, which is those really long rowboats, really narrow. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. We went out on the river on one of those. We have a competition here, a national competition called Head of the Hooch, which is a rowing competition. And to promote it, they had me get in one of these boats with our crew team and row up and down the river for a few miles. And me, I have a fear of drowning, so this did not mix well. And with our suit, we cannot get it wet. So I, I had never been in the water in this thing, so I had no clue if I fell overboard or if the boat tipped over, if this thing was just going to soak up the water and I was going to sink like a rock, which really had me shaking in fear. So I got in this boat, and I, was, I almost couldn't move. I was kind of frozen stiff the whole ride, and I was the one steering, so it made it even worse. Oh my so gosh. we went up and down the river, and I was just kind of frozen didn't try not to move enough to tip the boat over it, it was a rough ride too these rowers uh, rocked that boat side to side and it was way faster than i was expecting to it was i would say 20 30 miles per hour in a rowboat oh yeah i mean rowing is pretty fast i mean i i used to watch that uh, one of my friends at uh at long beach state like when that's where i went like over here in California, and I mean that's a that's a crazy sport. And if you don't know, I mean, do you know how to do you know how to swim? Barely. Oh, I can okay. swim enough to keep my head above the water, but I'm not the greatest swimmer. I usually stay in shallow water. Yeah, but I feel like so the, either way, like that suits. Like you said, that suit is gonna is gonna weigh you down. And there was an article. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an article on someone who was. Uh, I, I think it was it's called wakeboarding. They were like doing something behind the boat, you know what I mean? Like on and oh, standing yeah. up on something. And he said he's like, Yeah, he's like, I didn't think about it and then I hit the water and it just became so heavy. And I was like, Well yeah, no duh <laughs> like, <laughs> And he was like and uh, yeah, and then so he finally came off and they had to like pick him right up because like he was he was going down like he was like the suit was really heavy <laughs> and then since then i've seen quite a few mascots like in the water or just like get wet but not so much right. like in in like a pool of water or anything like like an open body i guess of water <laughs> like like that but i've yeah, seen that on scary. social media too uh, i'm in a big uh group chat i'm, I'm sure you, i think you've heard about this in other episodes a group chat of mascot college mascots from all over the country. 
and they've posted pictures of them getting in the water and talking about it. And they mentioned suits getting heavy. So it, it had me even more worried. Oh, I think, yeah. <laughs> well, the one in particular I'm remembering is Stony Brook did that one time. And they mentioned it got heavy, but they were, it, they said it was fun. They got into a pond or a lake, I believe. But it's just something that I, w- I would do again. But at the same time, I would be scared of falling in. I probably <laughs> wouldn't ever voluntarily get in the water unless I had somebody next to me to catch me or get me if I start going down or had a flotation device. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's now, scary. <laughs> uh, now, this last one is not necessarily daring. But it probably led to one of the worst injuries I've ever had in suit. And you really wouldn't think you'd get injured doing something as simple as this. But at a football game last year, uh, right, it was either right before or right after halftime after a missed field goal. We have a flat area in, a, in the end zone of our stadium where people can stand. That's about 20 feet off the ground. Well, it went up there and a fan, the ball went up there, and a fan decided to throw it back down to me because I was standing behind the end zone. And as he threw it, it was just a terrible throw. It was way short. So I thought I would dive forward and try to catch the ball. I don't know if it was the ball that caught my fingers or the grounded, but the two middle, my middle finger, my ring finger on my right hand, my dominant hand, uh, were bent backwards at the knuckle. And well, at the time I didn't know it, but it broke both fingers. Oh my god! So I, um, mm-hmm. I thought it was just a jam or a bad sprain in, in my knuckles. So I just I went through the rest of that game in pain. I think, yeah, it's no big deal. It'll be fine. So after the game, I got back in the locker room and took the glove off, and it was both fingers were swollen and purple and blue. And I went to the team trainer and said, hey, can you look at this? I think something's wrong. She looked at it and said, well, I can't do much. You need to go see an orthopedic doctor. So I did the next day. They took an x-ray, and it turned out both fingers were broken. And oh I had to tape gosh. those fingers for, I think it was two or three months. Yeah, you had to tape them? Uh, yeah. I did. It was very painful too. I had never broken anything before that. No, oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy. You gotta be careful with that because my friend like broke her finger, but he, he didn't have health insurance, and like I I don't know, like Ooh. he didn't tape it right. So, um, so yeah, like his finger is like permanently like bent. Like he can't like like extend. Ooh, that, his that makes up. me cringe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like the smallest little things. Like I also had a friend who was while well, she was running the marathon. Like she was, I think she said she was like on the like last maybe three miles. Like she just got this this excruciating pain in her foot and her her toe swelled up and like her foot swelled up and it ended up that she like her foot broke. Like not her foot, like her toe broke. Like one of her toes. Ooh like just broke while she was running and I was like what and it, but she didn't know until like a week after the marathon because she was like I just thought I sprained something she's like no they said I completely broke it and I was like what oh my gosh so yeah oh that's nuts yeah <laughs> Ooh. broken bones are the one thing blood makes some people cringe for me it's broken bones so that, it makes me really cringe yeah <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, after that the doctor told me uh, you don't need to be doing any more events until after this is healed of course, I didn't listen. I was like, I'm the only performer. I'm I'm going to keep doing what I need to do. So anytime I had an event, I did not turn down a single event during this time period. I would untape my fingers, put the glove on, and I would use my left hand for everything and just kind of keep my right hand behind my back so I couldn't use it. But at the same time, not having people notice I was in pain. <laughs> yeah. I probably should have listened to him, but I wasn't going to give up getting in suit for three months just so my fingers could heal. So to this day, I still have occasional bouts of pain in both my knuckles, but they're they're pretty much healed. It was, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of pain's worth it. Yeah, I feel like as long as you can extend them, because <laughs> that's I feel like my friend is like worst case scenario where he can't like extend his finger at all. It's like oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I can still do that at least. <laughs> yeah. So which one, uh, which event is your favorite to attend? I feel like there's there's a lot. So what would you say is your favorite? Uh, my favorite by far is uh, we call it the Scrappy Awards. It's at the end of every athletic calendar year, around April, May-ish. We hosted at the historic uh, theater downtown called the Tivoli Theater. It's this really fancy, uh, gorgeous theater, a little over 100 years old. And it's a sort of like the ESPs. Or how I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Or, <laughs> but it's athletic awards, ESPYS. That's it. But it's um, 
athletic awards. So best team of the year, best win of the year, best comeback, things like that. So it's this very formal event, kind of like the Oscars. Yeah. So, of course, everybody's dressed up really nice in this really fancy theater. So what I'll do is I'll get in a tuxedo and go out there and take photos, go on stage and do all this fun little stuff. And I love it because it's, it's so neat. It's, there's something about it. It's hard to describe that makes it so fun. No, yeah, I think that would be really cool. Like, I mean, I love stuff like that, but you, you never like I'm never going to go to like the Oscars or the ESPYs or like any music awards, but I don't know. And I love like old theaters like that. Like I love going to concerts in old theaters. So, yeah, that seems like a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, it definitely is. I look forward to it every year. And have you ever used the suit to your advantage, like to get free stuff or I don't know, any <laughs> anything like that? Absolutely not. Not even not for the university and not for the minor league team. Oh. I don't I don't <laughs> believe in using it for that kind of thing. Uh, keep the character branding right, keep the image right for both the minor league team and the university. I don't think it's right to take free stuff just because you're in suit. So I stay away from that. Even if I'm offered free stuff, most of the time I'll turn it down just because I don't see it as the right thing to do. And do you have any regrets being a mascot? Absolutely not. I love every second of it. And there was not one thing I've done that I would change. And so, okay, so, I mean, you're dealing with kids, you're dealing with um, with adults, like drunk adults, maybe crazy women. And like you, I feel like I always, I haven't talked about this in a while, like the, that age, like, I don't know, it's like the scary age for me, like those, the teenagers, like, but they're in college. So that's, that's scary to me right now. Like, I feel like there's a lot of like experimenting around that age. So, I mean, how do you deal with all of those people, like the kids, the the teenagers, the drunks, and maybe the crazy women? Well, at UTC, I've never had much of anything that's happened. Um, most of the students are well-behaved around me, which uh, I've, I've been very surprised by. And at our sporting events, the, the fan base is mostly people of uh, retirement age, so it's older folks, and they're really nice people. It's at the, at the baseball games where most of this stuff's ever happened. Of course, I'll get um, so, some bad kids that'll push, poke, punch, things like that, or follow me around, cut in line, things like that. Um, I use the technique that I learned at camp at the University of Alabama, that there's three types of kids. you got your terrific kids, your terrible kids, and your uh, terrified kids. And in this case, for the terrible kids, we have a technique where you go to shake their hand, but you squeeze their hand really tightly as you're shaking their hand to let them know, hey, stop it. And at first I didn't realize, well, I didn't know how this worked. And to this day, I still don't know how it works, but it, it works 90% of the time. Kids will leave me alone after I do that. But in other situations, if they just won't stop and their parents aren't around, the best thing to do is just walk away. Don't put yourself in a bad situation is the way I think of it. Just walk away if nothing else works. No, yeah, definitely. I think the the logic behind the squeezing hands is they realize that someone's like in there. It's happened a few times where someone's like holding, like I've, I've been in a mascot suit and, and the kids will like start feeling my hands or trying to hold my hands. And then they feel like my fingers, you know what I mean? And and like, and then like it clicks, like you can see it like click. And so I think that's, even if they're not like feeling your hands, like that pressure, they're like, oh, wow. Like you're not just like fur or, or whatever you're, I mean, it's, it's yeah, I feel like it's, um, it's different for people like the mascots that wear gloves and stuff. But anyways, like if you're wearing fur and they feel like that squeeze, they're like, oh, wow. Like you're not just this stuffed animal. There, there's something in there. There's someone in there. So I don't know. I feel like that might be the logic, but that might be, that sounds, that sounds about right. <laughs> And then any, and then the other kids or the adults. <laughs> oh, the adults. Uh, with adults, the hand tr- uh, technique does not work as much. So most time, if somebody's being rude or just acting out in an imp- inappropriate way, the best thing I can do is find an employee nearby who can tell them to calm down, or like I said before, just walk away is the best technique I've found. At that point, they realize that I'm doing something wrong to make this guy want to leave. And usually at that point, if I go back, they don't do it anymore. And if they do, I just don't go back to where they're at. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, what's uh, 
I mean, do you usually have a handler or no? It's just you out there. For UTC, I don't think I've ever had a handler for the minor league team. My first year, um, we had handlers. And if it was one of the other guys in suits, I would act as a handler. But after that year, they decided that we didn't need them. We seemed to be okay on our own, which I, I'm okay with. I don't really think I need one. There's enough ushers every so many feet along the concourse and in the stadium that if they see something going on, they can come and take care of it. So I very rarely have ever had an uh, had a handler with me. Yeah, I mean, I think it just varies from place to place. And I don't know, like, it, everyone always, like, gives a different answer, like, whether they have one or not. I think it's more common with universities. Like, they just, for, like, for hours and, and for protection, I guess. Like, I, I find it more common that, like, the handlers are with the university mascots. Right, and we've never had that here from what I can remember. I mean, we're not a huge university. We're kind of a, a mid-sized university, a mid-major university, I believe is what it's called. So our, our fan base, is, the games aren't like these huge Pac-12 or SEC games where you've got 80,000, 100,000 people a game. And for football, we'll average around, I've seen games with up to 15,000, 16,000 people, which it's still a lot of people, but not bad, not not enough that I can't handle on my own. And for basketball, it's normally five, 6,000 a game. About the like, same for baseball, too. That's still a lot. <laughs> it is. And would you say that you've ever received any strange requests or strange gifts? I don't know. It's a bunch of crazy people out there. I have there. <laughs> received strange requests before. Um, and actually, these have all happened at baseball games. The one that comes to mind particularly is a drunk lady uh, wanted me to meet her. After I, after the game, after I got changed, she kept coming to me and said, hey, come meet me behind the first base dugout after you get changed. <laughs> of course, at first I said I shook my head no, <laughs> and she wouldn't leave me alone. So I eventually shook my head yes and walked away, did not ever go back over there. And as soon as the game was over, after I got changed, I hightailed it out of that stadium to make sure I did not run into her. <laughs> it was very creepy, and I found it odd. She even asked for my number at one point while I was still in suit. It's like, how are you going to give that? I mean, you obviously weren't talking. Like, do you ever talk in no. the suit at all? Only on occasion, but it has to be to uh, behind the scenes people, employees. Yeah. If I'm asking for help with a situation, yeah. say if I go up to usher and act like I'm messing with them, but at the same time be whispering to them, say, hey, can you come help me with this situation? Or, or if I'm out on the field doing a promotion with uh, somebody, nobody can tell I'm talking that far down. So I'll say something to make sure we're, we're on the right base together. We're, we know we're doing the right thing. And same thing at UTC, uh, just behind the scenes, marketing people, but never to fans, never to kids. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think she knew who you actually were outside the suit? Cause I mean, how many people know that, that you're the mascot for either, like for um, either, um, team, just family and friends. I mean, it's obviously it's on my Facebook page, but I keep that, completely private you can't see it unless you're friends with me yeah the only people that really know it are of course most of my family and my, my immediate family of course and some uh, longer distance family and then uh close friends a few more distant friends and then the only group i can think of that knows the entire thing is the uh, marching band utc all of them knows me because i did that at the same time for a while too i did both so yeah. sometimes I would miss events and they would know why. So eventually they had to know why I was not at some of the events they were at. So, so they would understand. So they wouldn't get jealous of, well, if we have to be here, why isn't he here? I eventually said, well, I am here. You just don't see me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like if you're leaving the stadium, like you're not going to have like, like you leave this, the suit at like the stadium. Right. I mean, there's not, there's no signs that you're going to, that you're the mascot because you're not carrying out this huge bag. You know what I mean? But I feel like for the university, right. like when you have to lug that thing around, I, I, I would assume and most people tell me that they got to lug that suit around. So like it's, it's oh, more yeah. obvious. Too. Yeah. So, I mean like, unless you're doing appearances, but I feel like you can, I don't know, like pick it up another day or something. That's normally what I do. Um, most of the time I'll leave it at the stadium, but if uh, say I have an appearance on the weekend, and nobody's going to be at the stadium to let me in to pick it up. I'll just take it home with me and bring it back after the event or bring it back uh, the following Monday. 
but for UTC, almost every time I, it has to come with me because we may where we keep the suit. The only thing that's close to in terms of events is basketball. Everything else is a ways away for me to have to go to the place where we keep the suit and then to an event. So I just keep it with me. So every time I'm going somewhere, I'm carrying in this big bag and then walking out with this big bag. And I've had a handful of times where most adults will figure it out, but kids will look at me and say, um, what's in the bag? And <laughs> yeah. uh, most of them will say, are you friends with Scrappy or something like that? And what I always tell them is, well, I'm friends with Scrappy, but he already left and he left me his dirty laundry in this bag to take home and wash for him because he doesn't know how to run a washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And they believe it? <laughs> They do. They really do. Oh, man. Kids are funny. <laughs> Would you say that you take on a whole different role when you're performing, like a whole different personality? I, I absolutely do. My personal personality is I am a very quiet person, kind of introverted. I don't speak much. Um, I don't act out much. I don't dance. I don't do anything crazy. I'm just kind of the person in the corner. But when I put the suit on, either suit, for the personality of that character, I take it on entirely and do things I would never do out of suit. It, I'm still amazed by some of the things I do. Because afterwards, I'm thinking, why did I do that? That's just not something I would do. <laughs> like for Scrappy, his personality is, I call it the Sour Patch Kid personality. Yeah. Uh, when I started, there wasn't really a personality, so I kind of developed it along the way. So what I do is, first, I'm kind of sour. I do pranks, unless it's just a little kid. I go up and immediately hug them but most of the time i'll pull pranks do funny stuff and then go into hugging and high fives and stuff like that so kind of just like the candy where it's sour and then it's sweet yeah scrappy's the same way he's sour then he's sweet then for he's more of a more of a flirt which is something i would probably never do out of suit either that's funny and then i it's funny how like i want to say the bat the basketball mascots are like our flirts like i see that a lot like uh with grizz and who else like slams in like, uh, I was at a Clippers game and I was observing them and they were like just all over the ladies. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like, chill out. Right. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So, yeah, but it's funny to see that. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I try to stay away from that. Well, of course, with that being professional basketball, that makes sense. But in a university setting, most people who realize that it's a person, person in the suit, adults who know that, not the kid. I realize it's a student, so I don't want them to think, hey, a student's flirting with my wife. So in a university setting, I just don't think it's that appropriate, so I tend to just stay away from that with Scrappy. But Louie, with it being a professional thing, I do it all the time. And um, I just want to touch on, you mentioned uh, just traveling with the suit, like taking it, you know, it's from appearance to appearance, but have have there ever been any, like, really long trips where you had to take it, maybe, like, wash it? like somewhere else, like where you weren't anywhere close to home or your university? Yeah, actually, I just wash the suit at home after every few events. But uh, we've had very long events. Usually when we go these long trips, there are only one, two events, so it's not a big of a deal. But the one that comes to mind is in Asheville, North Carolina, we had the Southern Conference Basketball Tournament, which I would say is about five, six hours away from here. So we're in a hotel. I have to keep the suit in this hotel room. And we have uh, one, sometimes two basketball games a day for almost five days in a row. Oh, wow. So um, I don't think we've ever washed the suit at the hotel, mostly because it's an open room. We don't want someone to go in there and see Scrappy rolling around in a washing machine. So what I'll do is just leave it hanging up to dry in the room. It makes my room very smelly. Oh, and I'm sure gosh. the maids don't like it, but it's we have to do it. And I'll bring... I know we're not supposed to use Febreze on suits that often because the residue will stick, and once it gets sweaty again, it'll melt and run down. But at at this time, that's the only thing we have on these long trips, so I'll I'll Febreze it and let it air out and smell at least nice. It'll still be kind of dirty, but it'll smell nice. And first thing when we get back on the trip, first thing I do is put it in the washer. Oh, sorry. Have you tried uh, the 50-50, like, mouthwash and water? I mean, I know it's not for breeze, but everyone mentions that and they say that that really works. I haven't used mouthwash and water. I have used the combination of vodka and water in oh, the yeah, head just to clean it out. Because for breeze in the head's the worst part. If you if 
you get sweaty and then it starts running down in your face and your eyes. I use a, a skull cap to keep it out of my eyes. It feels sometimes it'll uh, seat down. So I try to avoid Febreze in the head, but we use Febreze on the suit because it works best for us and we don't want to have to carry around an extra bottle of mouthwash where we go or for what we've been using. It'd look awkward walking into a hotel or an airport as a university student with a bottle of vodka. Yeah. Oh, man. And then, oh, man, I can imagine, like, those ladies, like, in the hotel room, like, the that are cleaning up and like, what is this? Like, if right. they weren't familiar, like, with the mascot and everything, be like, this room so-and-so, like, has this, has a weird, like, costume in there. Well, we never leave the suit in there while we're gone because we don't want the maids going in there and finding it. Uh, and when we're leaving, we're going to an event anyway, and it's usually early in the day. So the maids will come in there after we're gone. So while we're gone to one of the games, they'll clean the room. I'm sure they have these thoughts like, what is this smell? What has been going on in here? <laughs> that but <too>. they never <laughs> see the suit. They never know what it's from. Oh, so gross. <laughs> Sorry. That's so right? gross. <laughs> um, and we've had, we've had longer trips, too, where it's been one or two events. But places I've been, of course, I've been to Asheville. I've been to uh, Huntsville, Texas. I believe it's around the Houston area for a football playoff game in the FCS. See, I've been to Des Moines, Iowa for the NCAA tournament, Lexington, Kentucky, Knoxville, Louisville, Macon, Birmingham. I think I've been to Tuscaloosa, Jacksonville, Alabama, Chloe, West uh, North Carolina, and Montgomery. And I'm sure there's a few others in there. I'm forgetting too. Wow, that's a lot of traveling. <laughs> It is. We do quite a few away football games, which is what most of those are. And then the the further distance places are uh, usually for the NCAA tournament. But that's pretty cool. I mean, that, that's it is. awesome. Very I mean, fun. That you get to go all those places. So, And and the university like pays for all that, right? Or, or a majority yes. of it? Nice. Uh, anytime we go on a trip, I don't have to pay for anything, and neither does anybody else. They pay for the travel. They give us a stop in each day to pay for food and things like that. Hotels paid for, travels paid for. And then the few occasions we've had to take flights, they charter a flight. It's all paid for for us. Sweet. That sounds nice. It is. <laughs> so what would you say is the hardest part about mascotting? Well, for most people, I know they would say the heat. But for me, it's not the heat. The heat doesn't bother me at all. For me, it's the mentality. Sometimes, for, for example, at a baseball game, um, I've got a schedule of I have to be in this section at this part of the game or I have to be on the field at this point in the game or on the dugout at this point in the game. And I'll have a line of kids. And at that point, I realize, I'm not going to make this place on time. So I'm having trouble think, uh, figuring out, do I just walk away from all these kids or should I stay here and miss where I'm supposed to be? So that causes a lot of internal conflict for me. But most of the time, I'll just have to have an usher say, he'll be back later. He's got to go do a thing. So it's definitely the mentality some long lines or clingy, clingy kids. There's been a few occasions where I've gotten kids that just won't leave me alone walking from one end of the stadium. Their parents aren't around. They'll just be holding on to me, won't let go while I'm trying to interact with other kids. And that's one of the things that gets to me mentally. It's just like, how am I supposed to interact with these other people if these kids keep cutting in line in front of me and who have been following me for the last 20, 30 minutes? And just little situations like that. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I don't mask out a lot, but <laughs> I do have that one situation where I was just going like looping around and it was, I knew it was the same kid who was just like, Rory, like, and she would just like, right. come, it's like, how many times do I have to say hi to you? And like, I said hi every time I waved, but it's just like, really? like I don't That's know. exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> She wasn't, at least she wasn't following me, but I mean, I was kind of just, there wasn't my, there wasn't a lot of like, it wasn't a big space. So it was just like me basically walking like in a, in a big square, I guess. But every time like, hi, hi. I'm like, oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> and so. On this situation in a crowded, crowded place, um, having this one kid follow me around, it, it just gets frustrating at times trying to see other people. And this other kid's interrupting and pulling and pushing on me, trying to get my attention. So it's just, it gets frustrating at times when people do that. So it all goes back to the mentality of it. Yeah. They, if, 
<laughs> they can't see your eyes roll. That's why <laughs> you can't say anything. Exactly. So. Um, what is your favorite part about mascotting? As long as the kids aren't clingy, like I said before, I absolutely love the kids. That's one of the main reasons I do it is I love interacting with the kids as long as they're well-behaved. I'll go up and give them hugs, high fives. I love taking pictures with them, and they seem to love it, interacting with them, having fun. And other than the kids, it's the different personalities I get to portray, which I would never be able to do on my own. You know, well, I could do, but I just wouldn't feel comfortable doing it without the suit. So I'm doing all these crazy things that I would never do otherwise. And of course, it's something unique. It's not something that's found often among people. You could say, oh, I do this or I do that. And they're like, wow, really? So it's, it's just the fact that it's something unique I find interesting. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, that, that it just doesn't come up in conversation. Like even with me, like, oh, my gosh, my dad embarrassed me like so bad the other day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we were we were talking to someone and 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 he's. <laughs> And we have uh, season tickets for the LA Kings. So my dad was try like obviously trying to sell. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, take any game. He's like, you just tell me what game you want. And like, and, you know, like I'll sell them to you. He's like, oh, he's like, except for Bailey's birthday party. <laughs> it's like Bailey's the mascot. Right. And and fan appreciation because like that's my game. And then my daughter, my daughter like loves Bailey. Like, so she goes to the birthday party. And I was like, oh, my gosh, dad. And and the guy was like, okay, and he made this face, and and my dad's like, well, she interviews mascots, right? And I was like, well, I was like, oh my god, you are not going into this like with this man, right? Like, and he was like, yeah, like <laughs> she's like she's she's interviewed like all these people like all over the United States, like, and she's like, how he's like, how many episodes do you have? And he's like, yeah, like professional, and and um, he's like on minor league teams and universities, and I was like, oh my gosh, and. And like my dad, like is so negative about this, like this podcast. So for him to actually be saying, I was like, I don't know. I was just taken back. I was like surprised that, like he knew all of this and stuff. I was like, yeah, I don't know. It was just really embarrassing. But yeah, like the guys, he was like, I have never heard of that, like whatsoever. He's like, that is so interesting and odd, like all at the same time. But yeah, it was just so really lucky. He was trying to help you get an interview. Yeah, but I mean that that man like he's not a mascot or anything. Like he was just making oh, like, small talk. But yeah, I was just like, Oh my gosh, Dad. But and and then just like the look on the guy's face, like he was just like, What? Like why would you want to go to a mascot's birthday party? But then he was just laughing like about like the whole podcast thing and he was like he's like, That's so crazy. He was like, No I would never think that that's like out there and stuff. So yeah. Right. But anyways, so which mascots inspire you? Uh, I've got a few from each different professional sport. For yeah, Major League for Baseball, mm -hmm. I would say right now, of course, the big one out there, Orbit. He's really great at what he does, and I take a lot of inspiration from the, some of the things he does. Of course, there's the Philly Fanatic, and I kind of like what Baxter does with the Arizona, Arizona Diamondbacks, too. Yeah, He just seems very energetic, and I like what he does. And for the NHL, I would go Nash for the National Predators. Only two hours from here, but I've never actually seen a game there. But from the videos I've seen, he is fantastic. I've actually met the gentleman who portrays Nash at the camp at the University of Alabama. He was the uh, instructor at this camp. Of course, on social media, others that I've, I've been following that I like is S.J. Sharkey from the San Jose Sharks. Uh, with the NBA, I think the topping right now is Stuff from Orlando. Yeah. I like Chuck, too, out in L.A. Newer character, but I like what he does. And, of course, the Coyote. And when in the NFL, the big one right now for me is Toro and Blue from the Indianapolis Colts. And I kind of like D-Rack, too, from the Titans. Yeah, those are And there's a few minor ones. league guys that I follow. Uh, a few of the full-time positions in minor league baseball that I look up to, like Homer from the Charlotte Knights, Booster, the Nashville Sounds, and, and Thunder from Lake Elsinore. Oh, yeah, those are uh, good people. <laughs> those are yeah. great mascots I, all the i follow all of them i love them all like yeah shout out to chuck i think he's he's doing <laughs> a really great job with it like there was i mean being from la like you hit like oh man there was a lot of hate about like the costume and just like the design and i was like man i was like he's not there for you like like be quiet like he's there for the kids like if the kids love right. him he's in the community like it's all good you know what i mean <laughs> 
and I remember that when when the suit first when that character first came out, I remember seeing that online. All the people who disliked it, kind of like what's going on now with the with the Las Vegas Golden Knights um, chance. Yeah, yeah. So the, they'll eventually get over over it and they'll embrace him, kind of like what they have with Chuck. Just give it time. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I I know the performer for the Las Vegas Knights or whatever. Like, he's a good guy. He has a lot of experience. Is the costume like? beautiful like no i don't think any costume is really like beautiful it's like all about whoever is bringing it to life and they got someone who has a lot of experience and like he's out there in the community doing all this stuff you know like they just gotta let the mascot grow on everyone i mean so yeah and everyone was expecting a night i guess but it's it's cool the way like they they just took that perspective of of making a Gila monster and stuff like that. So I don't know. It was it right. was interesting. So it was just different, and yeah, it's just gonna take a while for people to warm up to him. So, <laughs> but the kids like right. him. He's been retweeting like all this, all these events that he's been doing with the kids and the community and stuff. So, yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen a few of those. That's it's easy to just make your mascot whatever the team nickname is. Take somebody good to do something creative. And not go with the team name. Of course, they do have not, but I like I like what they've done. Do something different. Do something new. Yeah. Something fresh. Yeah, definitely. Kind of like what we've done here in Chattanooga when <laughs> Scrappy first came out. I mean, we're the Chattanooga mocks. And what screams a bird when you hear mocks? And it's been through many different phases where they've changed it. At first, it was a, it was a water moccasin, a snake. And when it says mocks, it's named after actually a bend in the river. It's just a landmark called Moxon Bend here in downtown. So first it was a water moccasin, then it was a Native American. Then it was a shoe, like an actual moccasin shoe in the 80s. Oh, my gosh. Or I believe that was a sidekick along with the Native American. And the Native American lasted until uh, there was, um, I believe it was a conflict with Native Americans thinking, hey, this isn't right using our image for your mascot. So they changed it, and they thought, well, we're not going to change the school nickname. So if we're mocks, what can we put with it? And they thought, well, the state bird of Tennessee is a mockingbird, so why don't we go with a mockingbird? So that's what what it ended up being. It has been for the last 20 years now. Yeah. So I love it when teams do creative things like that. Don't go just with what whatever the team nickname is. Oh, yeah, that's that's cool. And in, and it's like information right there. Like only like only the cool people know like, about the whole background story. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's cool to know all that information. And Right. <laughs> Do you have any advice for people pursuing mascotting as a career? Well, I'm not sure I'm the right person to ask this because I'm not full-time. I do want to go full-time once I graduate, which is only about two months away, one month away. That's kind of scary. But um, since I'm just part-time right now, a little bit of advice I could give is kind of what I'm doing right now is don't give up. Keep pushing. Push yourself. Go outside your comfort zone. Make yourself stand out from others and get creative in whatever you do. Oh, yeah, definitely. And if you don't mind me asking, what's the plan for after graduation? Well, my plan is to uh, try to find a full-time position if I can somewhere. My hope is to go somewhere in minor league baseball. So I've grown up with minor league baseball here in town, but it's just a part-time position here. They don't do it full-time here. So and I, so I love minor league baseball. I'd rather do that than a, a major league position, but I would take a major league position if it came open. But I'm just going to look at some minor league positions once I graduate and apply and see what happens. And if, and if uh, after say a few weeks or months, I don't have anything, of course I'll need to be ha- having an income. I'll find a full time job around here, just something simple to do while I keep job searching. And then after a while, if it uh, doesn't work out, if I can't find anything, I guess I'll use my degree. Sounds like a plan. I mean, <laughs> do what you want to do, and like, and and just don't stop trying. Like, don't stop believing, and just keep going. Exactly. And then, do you have any shout outs? Shout outs to anyone in the world? Oh, definitely. My cheer coach at UTC and my marketing and promotions manager, who is my boss with the minor league team I work for. Those two for putting up with my craziness. Good shout outs. And uh, I just want to shout out to you. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me. I really appreciate your time and you, you know, opening up about your stories. And I'm glad we can we can give away one of your characters. So that's cool. (laughs) I am too. I really enjoyed it. And that was it for episode number 45. 
Next week is going to be a best of for episodes 31 through 40. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not just the funniest stories. It's just important stories, I guess, good lessons, and some funny stories too. And I apologize for any background noise or sometimes maybe you pick up my dogs shaking in the background like their tags or me <laughs> coughing out like right now. I still have a slight cough. I don't know. I just can't get rid of it. And I don't live alone. So there's like people that might be like using the restroom in the background. <laughs> yeah, my walls are kind of like paper. Anyways, I just wanted to touch on the event that I went to last week. I went to Joe Bruin's birthday party. That's the mascot. One of the mascots for UCLA. He's a big brown bear. And Josie is the female mascot. So it was really fun. I had crap seats. <laughs> I could have gotten better seats, but... It was last minute and I don't know. I didn't think it was going to be that bad, but it was, um, but it was, it was so cool. I, I love seeing all my local mascots and stuff. It's funny just to see if like they recognize me. I'm still convinced that like, that's not the same person like all the time. So I was excited that Chuck saw me like, and, and he recognized me. And I don't think Sparky remembered me. He kind of commented the same thing about the, my mascot ring from engineered to entertain. I should throw that drop in here somewhere. I love that drop. Um, and Cosmo recognized me, but I know he tells me, he's like, no, it's always me. But I'm like, man, like you have to have a backup. Like, I don't know. De Bailey was definitely a backup. He was dancing too much. And I'm like super awkward, you guys. Like I apologize. I like when, when Chuck recognized me, there was there was a kid going up for a picture. So like I waved, but I didn't want to go hug him. Because he was like, yeah, like, come over, like, using his nonverbal communication skills. And, and I was like, no, no, like, this kid wanted a picture. I'll say hi after. But he was like, oh, like, what? And, and then so I, I gave him a hug. But I waited for the little kid to take his picture. And then I took my picture. I think that's the way I remember it. But, yeah, like, I realized that I am probably one of the few adults trying to get a picture in there. But, yeah, and I have really bad anxiety. And it was a really bad spot. Like, all the mascots were there in this crunched up area. And I know it was, it was scrunched up everywhere. Like, there was really no, like, large concourse area to be in. I guess at the corner. But so there was just a lot of people coming in. There was a lot of traffic. And, like, oh, I do not like people. I do not like crowds. So I, I know, but I still do these things because if I, if I didn't push myself to go to hockey games and sporting events and concerts, I would never do anything. So I was just like, I got to get over it. Right. So I had like really bad anxiety that day, but yeah, it was fun to see all the mascots. And I had never seen a basketball mascot game, a mascot basketball game. Yeah. So that was pretty funny because they were all like looking up, but yeah, always good to see the local mascots. And I just like, I love mascot shoes. There was I think it was Wahoo's like Wahoo's had their mascot there and he had ginormous slip on vans like the the vans with the checkers on them the white and black oh they were nice and they were like brand new and I was like dang I want to be a mascot just so I could wear like cool big shoes like that I would make my own shoes just want to make big shoes <laughs> and I'm gonna make Cosmo shoes for sure oh I need to buy some vans some blue vans so that I could draw Cosmo or paint Cosmo on there I saw there was someone that posted that and I was like, oh, man, I want to make those. Tell me if you actually read the show notes. I hope you don't because there's a lot of misspellings sometimes. Like sometimes I don't double check things. Neither does my producer. So I apologize about that. Send me some feedback. That's kind of how I grab people like on Twitter when I talk about the show. If you'd like to follow me, it's Mascot Diaries on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And I think that's it. Five more to go. Still working on those last two. <laughs> oh man but as always thank you for listening this far and take care <laughs>